He's Ty. I'm Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're keeping it. I don't know where I am now. <laughs> you broke my groove. <laughs> <laughs> you threw off my groove. <laughs> Throw me out the window, please, Kondra. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3 senior year, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. Tyler already introduced himself, so I'm going to keep rolling here. Today, we're talking about Minute 62 of High School Musical 3 senior year. Minute 62 starts out with Miss Montez saying, From the girl who used to think she could just reach up and rearrange the stars in the sky, and ends with Chad yelling, Go Red Hawks. <laughs> So, Condra, I know you, you. I know you've never watched Seinfeld, and I really haven't no. either. But I understand that there's sort of a, a bit where the actor who plays Kramer would try to like walk into the door of Jerry's apartment in like a different funny way every time. And the gag is yes. like, how many different funny ways can you walk into a door? And every once in a while, <laughs> I realize <laughs> we haven't done all the ways to introduce the podcast wrong yet. <laughs> But Tyler, we're trying to prove that we have some semblance of professionalism, so maybe someone will pay us. <laughs> oh, yes. That's the description of the podcast in the apps. We're the amateur nerds. Pay us, please. <laughs> I feel like all the best podcasts say, like, what if it's someone's first episode? And then they go, ah, who cares? Let's just be weird. And I can vibe with that. Yeah. I mean, if you... I realized um, I was doing some looking into our feed and whatnot, and we hit 350. Woo! 350! We just keep... The number just keeps going up, Tyler. How does that happen? I know. As long as, as, long as we don't go over 999 episodes... We're good. We are in the safe zone, so it should take us another eight years before we get eight. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who knows? By then, maybe we'll all be dead. Uh, ideally. I mean, what? No. <laughs> um, 62. So Gabriella's mom is trying to comfort Gabriella. She's like, I know everything seems like a lot right now, but you're good. <laughs> well, she's specifically responding to Gabriella's phrasing of like, not everything has to change, mom. And what her mom tells her is that like, oh, back when you were a kid, like, you thought you had the power to change the world and obviously like rearrange the stars, mm -hmm. which um, I'm not necessarily familiar with that being like a, a common like kid imagination thing, but it's something that is conceivable. Yeah. I mean, having artistic power over the night sky is something that people imagine. Like you see shapes in the clouds and you imagine them battle it. Like there's still... There's thoughts or like children having thoughts around the like the sky, <laughs> but for her to rearrange it like does seem a little weird. Like, how was she rearranging it? What was the intention behind a rearrangement? I didn't see the Disney movie Wish, but that sounds like something that would happen in that movie. That they rearrange the night sky. Yeah. No, it's not. But there is a star-based character. <laughs> there is an actual star, yes. The star comes down from the sky to aid Asha and her kingdom. It is also something that parents do where they go, you know, back when you were little, you felt this very specific way. You wanted to be a fireman. And you as a teenager are like, yeah, and I don't think that anymore because I was a stupid kid. What What do you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an ice cream truck driver. Honestly, that that is goals, though. <laughs> is it? <laughs> you get to listen to Turkey in the Straw all day. <laughs> Tyler, I basically do that anyways. <laughs> I listen to a lot of Disney soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. Everyone jamming the Steamboat Willie soundtrack all day. Absolutely. It like opens multiple Disney soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, and it plays at the beginning of the animated movies. Yes. Well, that's not Turkey in the Straw no, that he's whistling. That's not in the Turkey intro, in the Straw. But... That's yeah, that's like um actually I learned a fun fact about that song. Is it a fun fact, Condra? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. No, say it anyway. I wanted to no, hear it's... it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So, Miss Montez. We could have a segment on the show where we both share a fun fact. No. And it would not, see who's, who's is actually fun. Have a time. poll on Instagram. Whose fact was more fun today? Okay. All right. You were going to say something. Well, Miss Montez, in like, yes, everything seems chal- like you used to think of things in a certain way, but now you understand things this way. Despite all of that, you're still you and I still care about you. So wow. no, there's always someone in your corner, basically. I see what you did there. <laughs> you just said your tattoo. Did I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I can look at it here. I didn't even realize that, to be honest. Yeah, for reference, Condra has a specific quote tattooed on her arm. From a video game called Undertale. Despite everything, it's still you. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Montez says to Gabriella, sometimes life just happens, Miha. Which, again, is not a very comforting thing to hear, but it's said in a loving way while they're hugging each other. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a weird. So kind of <laughs> sometimes a weird you just need to accept it when things are hard, said no one helpful ever. Yeah. And then she continues, though, in Spanish, which you translated slash found a translation of. Yeah, she says something like, and I'm always going to be here for you. And then she says in Spanish, um, te quiero contar a mi alma, which means I love you with all my soul. Wow. Yeah. Gabrielle is like, love you too, mom. <laughs> in the exasperated <laughs> teenager kind of way. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, given real vibes here. Yeah, not not exactly an inspiring scene of like mother daughter connection. No, I think like Gabriella looks like she's about to cry too this whole time. Like she's got big tears in her eyes. Like, but it also doesn't feel like a low point for Gabriella. No, which is no, like, it, we're in this weird emotional middle ground. Yeah, and. She does a big sigh. So it's more of like exasperation. Like she can't even leave me alone to like feel my big feelings on my own. <laughs> on my on my big feelings balcony. So did you see the uh, little twisty glass decorations that she has sort of like dangling behind her? No. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? No. They're like uh, they're like icicle decorations, but they're like kind of like twisty, like screw shaped things. Like those constant motion metal pieces, like they sell at Daniel Hall. Yeah, a little bit where it like always looks like it's turning if it's spinning, but these ones just happen to be sitting still, so they don't look like they're spinning. 
Okay. I didn't notice those. Are they on like the tree or something or on the roof? Um, they're just in the sort of top right corner of the screen. And just in terms of like quirky Gabriella decorations, this was just another one. You love to see it. <laughs> we get weird pillows, generic wall decor, and viral metal things. Speaking of weird decorations, you want to cut over to the other other scene in this minute? Sure, we get a nice establishing shot of dark Troy's house. Yeah, it's weird in a movie like this where like establishing shots don't mean much because it's not like full house where you like transition to be like, oh, we're at the house now, even though or we're at the school. Yeah, I, I guess that was the, the wrong sitcom to pick that exemplified that was a better yeah. sitcom where there's like three locations that they cut between how I met your mother. Yeah, okay, yeah. You can get, like, the exterior of the bar. Or I guess Friends would be the classic example. You get, like, exterior of the cafe, exterior of the apartment, and so on. Yeah. But it's just meant to be like, oh, we're outside of someone's house. It's really just a moment of pause before we get into the next scene so we can take a deep breath and be like, okay, Gabriella felt (gasps) that way. Now let's go to something else. Yeah, and this, there's more big feelings here. But joyous big feelings. <laughs> yes. So because we're having a Danforth Bolton celebratory dinner. Yeah, it's a dinner party. Yeah, and you can tell it's a dinner party because candles there's are candles lit. Candles on the table. And there's picture frames of Troy and Gabriella, not Troy and Gabriella, nope. <laughs> Troy and Chad just sitting on the, on the dinner table. I'm surrounding by a horn, like a bullhorn kind of thing. Yeah, like a, a mini, like, um, loud voice Megaphone. projector. Yeah. Cone thing. Cone is that. That's a good word. Oh, now I want an ice cream cone. But not like a traffic cone. <laughs> Nor a traffic cone, yes. So Mr. Bolton and Mr. Danforth are so jazzed about the boys being on the same team. So the first line of dialogue that comes in the minute is just Mr. Danforth saying, go Redhawks, which like, I don't know, like when you're starting, like when you're joining a conversation in media rest, like no one, like no one says go team in the middle of the conversation. You never know. (laughs) We could just, I feel like, so friend of the show, Amanda and former co-host Amanda would just sometimes in college just say hashtag go Spurs go. Like, but like, was she reacting to like a score or like an article she was reading? No. Okay. We would just be talking and sometimes this, like the Spurs could just come up because she said hashtag go Spurs go. Okay. I believe you. People can, people can be rah-rah about sports. That's allowed. And especially these two guys. These two dads whose sons are living out their wildest (laughs) dreams. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't want your life. That's Varsity Blues, I believe. Okay. Anyway. I was thinking of the the granddaughter from Holes. I'm tired of digging, Grandpa. <laughs> That's too darn bad, Condra. Indeed. <laughs> so the, the dads are talking about where the games are going to be next year for the Red Hawks. Yeah. First ones at home with Trinity. Yeah. And we have no idea which Trinity because there's so many Trinities. And the next one is away against Tulane, which is in New Orleans. So, yes. So Trinity is, you know, because it's sort of a Christian school name, there are many Trinities around in the country. 
We think they're probably talking about a Trinity University in Texas, which seems to be like a D3, D2 type school. Which would make sense for the boys. Like they're go- now they're not getting recruited to a D1. Yeah. But then Tulane is a D1 school. So maybe U of A is like one of these schools that just like isn't in like a, a super defined division where they play the same teams every year. They sort of play around and they, they play teams that they know they're going to lose badly to and they play teams that they know they can do okay against. It's just all part of the college basketball experience where you try your hardest and at the end of the season hope you get a good enough ranking to play in a tournament, whether it's mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament or another one. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a state school, so there's the possibility that it is D2, which would then make sense for them to be playing up for the D1. But the dads are more focused on the fact that they get to road trip (laughs) to New Orleans. Yeah, it's a 1,200-mile drive from Albuquerque to New Orleans, about 17 to 19 hours, depending on how many pee breaks you want to take. And the star alignment and traffic. <laughs> and traffic, traffic and yeah. I like throwing in the star. We talk, we use that <laughs> at work all the time. We're like, we have no idea what the today's going to be like. Could be depending on the star alignment, moon cycle. Like, we have no idea. If only you could rearrange the stars. Honestly, <laughs> if Mercury could stay out of the microwave forever. <laughs> and so, so they, they start to do a big cheers. Oh yeah, and, everybody. Oh, um, I don't think we introduced her properly last time, but we finally get dialogue in the form of cheersing from Mrs. Danforth. Okay, what's her name? Yolanda Stange. And she's not literally um Corbin Blue's mom, like not Mr. Danforth is. No, no. Okay. At least I don't think so. I better check on that, because now I doubt myself. Because <laughs> no. you never know, but no. No, she's in a variety of other things. She's a casting director for a couple of things as well. She's been in 70 things, mostly TV movies. So she's working. Or TV shows from the looks of it. She was actually, she made a reappearance in High School Musical, the musical, the series. Wow. So beautiful. So, yeah, it's it's another scene of, you know, Troy kind of sitting there. We only get like one shot of him being like, I'm not as happy as everyone else about this, but I'm kind of smiling politely through this. Obligated to cheers my giant glass of milk. Yes. And this is what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> three glasses of milk and three mugs. Everyone else seems to have sort of like mugs of drinks of indeterminate origin. But Troy and Chad definitely have big old glasses of milk. Mr. Bolton also has a big old glass of milk. Wild. I did not see that. <laughs> so when you zoom out, yeah, Mr. Bolton's got the big white glass. And I was just like, oh, boy, big, big milk for Mr. Bolton. Very weird choice for this. No, it's not. It's 2008. The got milk movement is going strong by Big Dairy. I mean, yes, that is true. So there's the false sense that, oh, everyone needs to have the big glass of milk every day for the big strong boats. Yes. It's like it's both they're like not calling attention to it. Like something's in like set design and like scene design. It's like, oh, like you put thought into this and some things it's like, well, you don't like you don't want people to think about this for any longer than they do. And this is in that weird middle ground of like, 
well, they clearly made the decision that they wanted these people to be drinking milk, but it looks weird and it's distracting. Well, it also doesn't help that the other three adults in the scene have mugs and not like glasses of wine or like. Yeah, because you can't show them drinking wine, I suppose. But like they could be drinking soda. Like, why is it a mug? That makes it more suspicious. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the morning host drinking out of a mug, so you don't know what's in there. But, like, it's evening. They're wearing nice clothes. Maybe they have some coffee in the mug. Maybe they need a little pick-me-up. That's an after-dinner thing. And with how much milk is in Troy's glass. They clearly haven't eaten yet. after-dinner glass. Unless yeah. he got a refill of milk. Unless, <laughs> unless he's filled up on <laughs> milk and then he got more. <laughs> If you drink all your milk now, you're not getting any more with your food. Is not something that he was told because he got a refill. Yeah. All right. Chad is very excited, grabs the horn off the table and yells, go Red Hawks again, very loudly. and makes poor Troy jump. This is after the cheers. And he actually does it so fast. He doesn't even drink from the milk. He No. He, he finishes he cheersing. He breaks the cheer. Puts the milk he down breaks- and immediately grabs the thing and goes, ah, ah. Yeah, he doesn't actually cheer correctly. So is it bad luck for him? This is, is true. That what it, I don't know what cheers it like. If you don't drink after your cheers, is that like bad luck or something? I assume there's some sort of cultural. I'm not faux really pas. one who ever participates in cheers because I always have water and it's theoretically bad luck to cheers with water. So is it? Yes. Okay. Hard to say. But they're all excited. We're hitting these beats again. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just move on to a decom segment, Condra. Let's go. Cue the music. Okay, you are presenting something to me today. Yes. What have you got? So I've been thinking with all these Disney sequels and these Disney live action remakes. Boo! I hate those. Well. I have compiled a short list of of some films that have not gotten either a live action remake yet. I will say yet for a couple of them because I really wanted to play like give those as options, but they're they're shortlisted for future live actions or a sequel. And I would like to pick one and let's make either a sequel or talk about how we would live action remake it. Okay, this is fair. I, not so famously, but to my own delight, once compiled a list of Disney movies that I would actually like to have a live action remake, which I believe for comedy purposes included movies like The Emperor's New Groove and 101 Dalmatians, but the Glenn Close one, where they also just do it with Glenn Close again. (laughs) Okay, I vaguely remember this now that you're saying it, and so I apologize but also, I thought it'd be funny. Maybe we do it as a sequel then. Because I hate live action remakes, I would imagine that I'm probably going to pick a sequel as this. Yeah. But say the movies and then we'll just go whatever, with whatever, with whatever feels whatever right. Whatever speaks to you. All right. So, yep. I've got seven options. Woo. I have Moana. I am a woman. <laughs> <laughs> we have Snow White. Okay. Those were my two that are shortlisted for, well, Snow White has a live action remake in the works. Yeah. And Moana is rumored to be one of the next ones. We have Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Which arguably also has had a live action remake, but that was Maleficent. Maleficent. I don't count that. Yeah, technically I give that one a pass. 
Not a movie Sword I'm going to watch anyway. Okay, what? Sword in the Stone? Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Oliver and Company or Emperor's New Groove. So okay. one of these, I gave you some options of stuff that's not been live actioned or sequeled. I think obviously Emperor's Two Groove is is an it's option. Sitting there right for us. Is yeah. but I feel like that's some that that's an evergreen, and I feel like we could talk about that another time. Okay. Um, Oliver and Company, I really know nothing about. I know it's based on Oliver Twist, and it has um, Billy Joel music, but yep, not gonna go in there. Robin Hood, interesting. Sword in the Stone, interesting. Sword in the Stone, you could do something where it's like, you know, adult Arthurian legend, and you could do that's <laughs> a lot and Galahad and and the likes, um, which I guess would just turn into a the show Merlin. Either a Merlin riff or a Monty Python riff, Holy Grail. But yeah, um, the quest for the Holy Grail. Robin Hood is interesting because I think there is more like ground to be sown and reaped with the Robin Hood lore because I don't think anyone ever tries to do like bonus Robin Hood stuff. Everyone just does no. this. Everyone just does the straight Robin Hood story. So do we want to come up with bonus Robin Hood right and, now? And I don't really care about Snow White or Sleeping Beauty. So I think Robin Hood's the interesting one to go here. Or I didn't know if Moana. I tried to give you Moana too as like sequel Moana. Um, I, I do know you love Moana. I don't Moana. think that's my story to tell. No, no. Obviously, wow. for our purposes, we could. But um, no, Moana is like fantasy worlds where it'd be like, well, come up with another island for her to sail to. And then it's like how to train your dragon to where it's like, oh, no, there's a bad guy now. This there's makes more things dragons. utterly less interesting than when it was a sort of internal arc about family and stuff. But three came back around. <laughs> but what? Three came back around. Oh, I didn't like How to Train Your Dragon 3, so. Well, Sword <laughs> in the Stone then. No, Robin Hood. Or Robin Hood. Rob- Robin, Robin Hood. Hood, sorry. English folklore. <laughs> so so the end of Robin Hood, Prince King Richard John comes back. Gets toilets named after him. N- nope, that's the Robin Hood Men in Tights version. <laughs> Great joke, though. That is an excellent <laughs> joke, yeah. Um, so King... Richard the Lionheart, who is a lion, comes back. Prince John gets not banished, but he's like, you did a bad, like, go away kind of thing. It's like, there's not, like, the repercussions. It's the end of a kid's movie. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. The snake. Maid Marion and and Robin get married. Yay. She's not Maid Marion anymore. She's not Maid Marion anymore. (laughs) She's married Marion. And the snake ends up in the mud puddle with Prince John, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, yeah. It's Little John. Friar Tuck marries them, and Little John is crying with joy. And, oh, no, wait, he gets set up with the weird chicken lady. Okay. F- There's, f- like, a weird... Yeah. In the same <laughs> sense, it's like, oh, these two medium-sized characters end up together. These two large-sized characters end up together. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Which, for like basic childhood visual storytelling, I understand, but like, um, there, you you can pick that apart. I'm not interested in doing that right now. There. What about what about yeah. weird chicken um, traveling singer guy? Oodalolly man. Yeah. Uh, he continues to Oodalolly. But he's also he's also in the story, right? He like self inserts at the end. He but he get doesn't he get arrested with the rest of the people? Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. 
Yeah, he does. All right, so we're being tasked with the 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 burdensome job of <laughs> sequeling sequeling Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Yeah, because I feel like every version of Robin Hood like has a spin, but it's all like Robin Hood versus Sheriff of Nottingham or Prince mm-hmm. John. Yeah, or both. The inherent problem is of Robin Hood is um, like income inequality slash taxing slash corrupted leaders corrupt corrupted leadership and abuse of power mm-hmm. but the Im- implication is that um when king richard richard comes back is there do we is from this, the crusades is this richard the first richard the second richard the third richard the Lionheart. that's all i it's, got but it's not the same as the shakespeare one i don't I mean, technically, yes, but I don't know. <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily connected in the lore. Yeah. Theoretically, he's like a good king in the sense that like <laughs> the even yeah. numbered kings are good and the odd numbered kings are bad. Like Star Trek movies. Yeah. Um, but we, we get put into a world where Robin Hood doesn't necessarily st- change the status quo. No. He just beats a bad guy. Yeah. It's a very much yeah. a superhero movie in that way where it's like, I did you something. You didn't really fix anything. I did something mini radical, but at the end, I accept the overarching method of the way the world works. Well, yeah, he gets reinstated to his land and property so he can marry Maid Mary. And like part of it is he was part of the system, lost his part in the system, regains his part in the system. So even though he's friends with that little rabbit family, like the little rabbit family's still poor. Yeah, that is very interesting because um, I guess I hadn't considered how much of like modern superhero storytelling is very much structured like Robin Hood in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, I've lost everything. And this this corrupt person who basically stepped into my role is the same has the same power as me, but opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is preventing me. So now I need to get the people's support and do the right thing. But then at the end. But only to benefit myself, yeah. not really everyone else. Yeah. So I guess the question is, like, is it uh, sort of. Bill and Ted three situation where it's like, wow, I thought everything was going to be different, but then nothing happened. And it's him like 20 or 30 years later, realizing that he never delivered on his own like moral promise to himself and hoping that he could change something. Or it's like 10 years later, they're still, all the families are still struggling. And the little rabbit kid that looked up to Robin so, so much decides to lead his own peasant rebellion against Robin Hood because Robin Hood has become part of the system. I think that is interesting. Uh, the idea of like, okay, there is um, a bourgeoisie versus serfdom. I don't know the words for English class structures, but there's the poor working class versus the rich upper class. And Robin Hood exists as uh, a station in the mm-hmm. middle and so if there was a situation where the people were uprising, which isn't necessarily based on something from English, like, I, like, I don't know an, a good example of this from English history. Not until much later. There probably were various incidences of, you know, people uprising and demanding fair pay and striking and unionizing yeah. in like very yeah. old fashioned and incremental ways. Yeah. But it, I the don't... Industrial Revolution has some really iconic ones, but this is way, way before then, so I'm just not sure. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so we get either this like Luke Skywalker version of it where it's like, I did something cool when I was younger, but now I failed to change the system and now I'm down on myself for it, mm-hmm. which could work. Or does King Richard start to die and Prince John is like, hey, 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 I'm coming. And then Robin Hood has to step in. Well, the classic Disney thing would be for like, oh, Robin Hood, you're next in line for the throne. Are you going to step up and have that power? And then he feels this moral dilemma is like, I, can I step into the institution which I distrusted? So Thought. yeah, I think that sort of like power fantasy thing is stupid. So yeah, there's also the classic Disney sequel. It's about Robin's kid, like Robin and Marion's kid. <laughs> yeah, but I well, I liked the the idea of it being about um, like the, the rabbit, bunny family, the rabbit kid and the idea of there being like another rebellion that Robin is situated on like the wrong side of to start and maybe yeah, is he the sheriff did he take over the sheriff's position oh and he has to sort of like enforce rules with the taxes he, he, yeah he sees as more fair than what they were before and he has to, he's almost like a centrist now he's like yeah i know it's like it's not as bad as it was before but like we have to compromise yeah um and the other people are like no it's still unfair I guess, is there an overarching political message here that's like uh, original Robin Hood had something very simple, which is like rob from the rich and give to the poor. Yeah. And we're trying to come up with something a a little bit more politically nuanced. (laughs) Well, I think part of it, I I think some of it could be like, don't break your word. Like, Robin, you said these things and this kid looked up like, I don't want to say like a don't trust your heroes message, but like. (laughs) Um, well, it could be like if the original is rob from the rich and give to the poor, <laughs> the the sequel is eliminate the rich and the poor as categories. Um, <laughs> communism <laughs> um, turns into Animal Farm. It went from Robin Hood to Animal hey. Farm. Um, but the idea of like, OK, like Robin Hood was putting a Band-Aid on an issue, not solving the issue, which, again, we've said a couple times now he benefited from it more than. The, the overall people. Did. Yeah. But he gave people hope. He was a symbol. Maybe Robin Hood dies and someone else has to like pretend to be Robin Hood. That would be another like classic version of the story. Yeah. Little John taking up the mantle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like we've actually said a lot of like. Yeah, we've had some good ideas and we just haven't committed to one. And I'm okay with not committing to one. I think we've come up with some interesting options. If this was a live action reboot of Robin Hood, would it be furries? <laughs> yeah, I that's guess. Part, that's like nine tenths of that. From what I understand of like modern appreciation for Robin Hood, part of it is like awakening. People are attracted to Robin Hood and Maid Marian, whether it is related to a specific, what I will call in this moment, fetish or not, is up to debate because some people just like the, the cute cartoon characters. Yeah, but you hear a lot about people being like, no, that particular <laughs> version of Robin Hood. <laughs> yes. Okay. I I think your original idea of there being another uprising, you know, 10, 15 years later of people being like, hey, things got a little better, but they're still bad. And Robin being sort of like, well, I'm I'm living a comfortable life right now. Am I willing to sacrifice what is comfortable for me to do the right thing? But then that sets the empathy of the movie in like a weird zone where you know some movies do this where it's like, why is it about the 
the, the white person who had to learn how to be a, an accepting and inclusive person and not the people who had to sacrifice and struggle the whole time Which to is get why what I think was we, theirs. I think it should be the bunny movie. But it's but it's going to be called Robin Hood 2. He becomes Robin Hood. That's the thing. He becomes Robin Hood. Okay, is Robin Hood his name? Yeah. So his last name is Hood, like the Hood family. No. No, he's Robin of Loxley. Yeah, he's Robin of Loxley. That's his, like, you know, his family name is, like, the land that he inhabits. So the Hood is something about, like, his thieving, right? I think so, yeah. Which some versions of the story lean into more than others. Yep. Okay, so maybe there's, so maybe it's um, Bunny Hood or Peter Hood or something, right? Because he's Peter Rabbit. Are you looking up to see if the bunny has a name? Uh, the bunny's name is To either Toby or Skippy. <laughs> Toby Hood, no. Skippy Hood. Um, I have terrible news. There is a Robin Hood too. There is a Robin Hood. <laughs> is this like a direct video so sequel? Sorry, no. It was made. Um, let me look. I'm still. Is it made by Disney out. or is it made by like some other people know. who wanted to do a sequel? I'm trying to figure that out. Well, when you said Robin Hood 2 the way you did, I was like, wait a second. I think that exists. But now I'm having... I do think we should get Carrie Elwes back to voice Robin Hood. I know he didn't voice the original Fox, but he does have an authentic accent, and I think that's a plus. I don't think it ever got released. (laughs) Well, they had reused all the animation cells from the first one, and they were like, well... We can't do that again. Because, <laughs> like, Disney fandom doesn't have, like, it has, like, a summary for it. But, like, no. I think we got it. I think we last Jedi'd it a little bit. But did I, didn't think there was, now I'm. The thing is, it's not on IMDb, which is where I'm like, hmm. I don't think it exists. At some point, someone has done a bad version of Robin Hood where they tried to write their own additional lore and it was probably yes. terrible. Yes. Yeah, it said it was supposed to come out in 2019. So I don't think it actually exists. But Wild. it was about um Robin becoming king. So Told you, that would be a bad version of it. Yep. No, I think, I think there is like a large cultural cachet around the Robin Hood animated Disney movie. Absolutely. And it's weird that and they haven't done a thing with it. To be honest, like even in the parks, Robin Hood has not been in the parks in a long time. Like they could totally cash in on Robin Hood and Maid Marian in the parks and they don't even do that. There's been a little more merch lately, I have noticed, but like no presence in the parks even like they're they're missing out there yeah and it's weird because it's not like disney's overly precious with like classic properties like no they don't they don't try to like conserve the magic of cinderella or snow white yeah i'm like they grounded cinderella into the mud with cinderella three a twist in time yeah and in something like a jungle book which is like a classic they did a live action remake like yeah so yeah it's weird that rob i guess robin hood's not considered a classic in the way those other ones are because that wasn't a walt movie that was a let's try and do a story without walt that's probably why it's probably why but it's so the oodle is such a good song yeah it's weird because robin hood like as a structural movie like probably shouldn't work but everybody likes it like (laughs) yeah it's super common as a story people enjoy it 
there's many versions of it. Like, well, like the Disney and the Disney animated version, like, is a classic. Like, almost oh, everyone yeah. oh, will yeah. agree. Like, that's a good movie. That one's a really good one. And yeah. you can watch it as an adult and be like, okay, I get that. Yeah, and it's not as yikesy as some of the other animal. <laughs> cough, cough, Peter Pan. Cough, 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 cough Lady, Lady and the Tramp. The tramp. <laughs> cough, cough, Aristocats. <laughs> so I think we did it. Nice job. I, I hope this was okay. I, I had thought of it, and I was like, oh, that might be fun to, no, to come up yeah, with a sequel. Sequelizer, I'm always down for. All right. Well, until next time, you can find us on Instagram at Amateur Nerds. Or on Tumblr at Wildcat Minute. You can send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what movie you want to get the sequel plot to. We'll try our best. I think we will do Emperor's 2 Groove at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what, two, two Emperor, two Groove? <laughs> yes, if we want to be cliche in that way. Yeah. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out if Troy ever actually confesses his true feelings at the dinner table. You can bet on it. Bye.